Yeah, uh, two weeks in a row mm-hmm. that he has selected movies that we have covered. If he wants us to be writers for the show, to be consultants, <laughs> he just needs to ask. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Come on, man. Reach out. We uh, don't. We don't require the Silver Bolo Award. We can just, you know, be part of the show on the back end. Totally. But in in a single night last week, he he took two movies i know that kill is a big fan of both i mean i'm a big fan of one of them one of the other ones i haven't seen but he played butcher baker nightmare maker and then he played the baby it was like a night themed for kill specifically you know yep i haven't even watched those episodes yet but i'm kind of excited because i those are two movies that i'll watch anytime yeah, I was out doing things and I came back and I was like, oh, let me just see what the second movie <laughs> is. And it, it's, it was the scene where uh, the, 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 the girl with the hair was taking off her nightie to get into the crib oh, yeah. with Baby. And I was like, oh, oh, I know what this is automatically. <laughs> I, I, I love any excuse to talk about the Baby so I just want to say on a second watch, a movie was even better because you know about the ending and it just adds a whole nother layer to that movie. It got even better on a rewatch. I love that movie so much. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that was exciting to see. I'm glad that other people now have been exposed to the baby and that it's getting <laughs> even more notoriety. Uh, yeah, and that way I said it sounded pretty bad. It's uh, nice that people you make it won't sound be like mad a viral at me load. for showing yeah. them the baby. True. They'll be upset yeah. with Joe Bob and not me. So exactly, yeah, that's good. <laughs> the, and he he took incest march, man. He did it. He snatched it out from under us in June. Yeah. He did it in June, which <laughs> I don't get, you know. But I really want to talk about this movie today. I'm so excited. Welcome to the weekly podcast Let's massacre. Get to it. My name is Kill. I'm regular Kill, and I'm here with some shady looking doppelgangers. Oh yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Greg from Los Angeles. Hi, my name is Murphy from Portland, but everyone calls me Michael. Mm. Michael. I'm not calling you Michael. No. <laughs> it's Gorgon. Well, it, it is my Ger- name. Gergen Morph. <laughs> Gergen Morph. <laughs> All right, today we're going to, we're talking about, um, it's our final movie in our Gemini June series with twins, or doppelgangers, and this is also, this is our first uh, subtitled movie. The It's a Spanish language movie. It's not in English. So there were a lot of subtitles for us to read. I don't think any of us speak I feel like Spanish. We can say foreign language because, I mean, the lift was just dubbed. I don't feel like they were ever trying to put that movie out in true. any other language. That's so. true, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, it's 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 nice to have representation like this to have a subtitle movie, and I, I think too the um, this is a very like very Mexican movie. <laughs> I mean that it's like very embroiled in like Mexican politics at some point, where I had to do some research into like what it was talking about. Uh, it keeps mentioning the I'm gonna butcher the word, but it starts with a T that place. But it mentions keep mention it keeps mentioning that massacre, yeah, which was a real event, and so I had to like. I don't know. I think it was educational too, as a foreign film, where it taught me about foreign affairs a little bit too. It was it was great. I'm glad. It was a very very nice pick. Thanks. Today we are covering the similars, or in Spanish, and I apologize just at the top for my pronunciation. 
throughout this episode, Los Parasitos. It's 2015 yeah. movie directed and written by Isaac Esbon. It's one hour, 29 minutes. Keeping it tight, like I like. And uh, Greg is correct. It is based on, or it's it's not based on, but the timing, it takes place on, um, on or around October 2nd, 1968. Um, and everybody's trying to get to this section of Mexico City, which uh, I will... <laughs> God damn it. Um, Beautiful. Anyway, so in 1968, there were uh, the Mexican armed forces opened fire on a group of unarmed civilians in the Plaza de las Tres Culturas. They were protesting the 1986 Summer Olympics that were supposed to happen in 10 days from when this happened. The Mexican government and media claimed that the armed forces uh, were provoked by these unarmed citizens who were shooting at them. But since around 2000, some documents have been released that suggest that the government may have opened fire on a bunch of unarmed people. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It was kind of uh, Kent State two years before Kent State happened. Yeah. If anyone needs a uh, American, you know, equivalent knowledge or point. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But I was saying the death toll was fucking crazy. It was like, yeah. Well, that's another plus thing. That's... people. Well, maybe. So the government yeah, says that only 44 people died, but the actual estimates of, you know, outside of the government are like three to 400, according to like eyewitnesses and other documents and things. And um, so the reported arrests were 1,345 people, which is an insane, insane. amount. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it was really interesting that, you know, it was the late 60s, early 70s, we became like anti-government we it became more uh suspicious of our elected leaders and not having as much faith in them, especially younger generations coming into it and so it was nice to see you know not just from the american perspective but that like a lot of the same thing was going on you know yeah below below our country and it's probably too early to talk about the ending because we haven't talked about the movie itself yet really but like i feel like the ending really nails that feeling of like living through political turmoil uh and then just nothing changes at the end it's, it's wild uh it's really good this is a good movie i will say i liked it up front excellent so talking about like the u.s government uh the u.s government was sort of involved with this the massacre um happened there were a bunch of demonstrations leading up to this and it was called the mexican movement of 1968 which was considered part of the mexican dirty war um, when So the U.S. was backing the uh, Institutional Revolutionary Party, which is the government that was violently repressing political and social opposition to the government. So the U.S. was backing the bad guys, which shouldn't be surprising. Lo and behold. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it happened 10 days before the, the Summer Olympics, and they just went on. They proceeded totally normally. I feel like every time... Because the Olympics are supposedly coming to L.A. at some point soon, and there's a big anti-Olympic <laughs> protest going on here. Um, I, I will see news about consistently. I feel like they're, if you look into like the, the history of the Olympics, they're never like wanted by the city they're being held in. <laughs> it's always a fucking problem, you know. They just invite a lot of like chaos and and like, uh, you know, just attention that cities don't want or need. 
because they have other problems going on. T- tourist. I mean, yeah. that's that's nice. The the money comes in, but then you're just dealing with assholes for like weeks on end. Also, the cost to the city themselves. Is exactly. Yeah. yeah. Didn't it like really fuck up somewhere in Brazil? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't follow uh, this, but. It was a Rio de Janeiro, I believe. Yeah, and like, yeah, uh, it's ex- extremely expensive to the city. And like, right now in LA, we definitely need to be, be focusing on things like unhoused people and not the Olympics. Um, <laughs> and so it's like there's a huge there's a huge protest here against the Olympics. And like, um, it was just interesting to find out that it was going on even back then. They were like, no, we don't want or need this. There's much bigger issues to be dealt with and also too just you just like you hear all these stories of athletes like getting arrested like running around drunk in whatever city they're performing in and like fucking things well, the up. olympic village is supposed to be uh, fucking crazy a, a fuck fest oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you you finish your event you eat as much mcdonald's as humanly possible and then yeah. but and the thing is, is you are now around mm-hmm. well it's sponsored and then usually i think they can just like eat for free but then you have all of these highly attractive people in their like prime physical fitness in one location and it's just the uh, language languages are not needed anymore yeah let's talk about it let's talk about the plot (laughs) yeah let's get into let's get into the movie so we start with a narrator telling us about martine and also i think i'm going to accidentally um, Americanize these names, say Martin and Gertrude and Ulysses and stuff. So that might be better for continuity if I just do that. Sure. So I was having trouble trying to say Ulysses the way they Ulysses? were. Ulysses? Ulysses? Ulysses. Yeah, Ulysses. Yeah. Ulysses? I have a fat tongue, so I I don't even feel like I can speak English properly most of the time. I am very so. embarrassed. This episode this is the most embarrassed I've ever felt that I don't speak Spanish. I am Hispanic. <laughs> My dad uh, is very Hispanic, although he also does not speak Spanish. He's one of those types also of Mexicans in Southern California. Yeah, mo- you would think most of all of your life, right? You would think I've picked up a little bit here and there, but pronunciation is not one of them, so I can't help there. <laughs> I uh, understand uh, a bit of it. I studied Spanish in middle school and then again in college, and I studied abroad in Costa Rica. So uh, I was uh, advanced, not not quite fluent, but advanced for a while. I just haven't used it since, so it's been like over a decade. Yep, over a decade, I just haven't really used it. So, uh, like, I understand a bit of it, but having like conversations with people my pronunciation i'm really embarrassed about because it's been a while my grandmother was portuguese so i understand a little bit <laughs> like portuguese and spanish yeah some of that bit. some of that translates yeah, yeah totally but yeah it's uh yeah i'm just also very embarrassed so i'm gonna americanize it <laughs> i'd rather be judged for that than my pronunciation i guess anyway so martin this narrator tells us that Mar- Martin works at a bus depot six hours from Mexico City, which is where that to to the ma- massacre will be taking place. So a man named Ulysses approaches Martin at the ticket desk and becomes very frustrated when he realizes he's stuck at the bus depot because of this massive storm. His wife is giving birth in Mexico City and he has to get there ASAP. 
So then we hear on Martin's radio, there's a report that the storm is suspected to be a worldwide phenomenon of unknown origins, which is wild. Mm. It's kind of crazy. And uh, it, is, it is wild. Uh, real quick about it. It's, it's not exactly black and white, but it has a certain desaturation throughout the whole thing to where it's it's on the verge yeah some things are are we almost color in color while everything else around it is black and white like later on there's a a raincoat that is like the yellow yeah. yeah uh it has it has such a a great uh visual throughout i just wanted to throw that out really quickly because it, 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 I thought that was the most impactful, beautiful thing of the film. It was great. To me. I love the narrator, too. Oh, that ahead, was Joe. obviously very intentional. I guess this was the first film in not only Mexico, but Latin America that was shot with this new red camera sensor. It's called the Red Epic Dragon, I guess. Okay. So it's supposed to be very, it's really good quality, very sharp. Um but that's not what the director was going for because he wanted the, it, it's supposed to be a period piece. It takes place in the sixties. So um, he, the director of photography, Isi Safar Sarfati, um, used a lot of filters uh, to make it look more like it was in the sixties. And it's obviously very. If you guys didn't notice, I assume you did. It's very, very inspired by like B movies from the fifties and sixties. Rod Serling. Um, the Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. Philip K. Dick, Richard Matheson, Michael Crichton, Stephen King, um, Outer Limits, Fringe, uh, The Thing. There's like a whole bunch of different things that this was inspired by. It's very obvious, but it's it's pretty dope, I think. Uh, one we'll get to eventually, but Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 78, there oh, is yeah. a specific point I was like, oh. Something taken straight from They seem to be taking from right from that. Yeah, yep. I feel like the most... The most obvious and common one is the Twilight Zone, because, like, the opening narration, like, it sounds like a Mexican Rod Serling. (laughs) Like, the voice is really, really good for that. And then it has several different... The desaturation. The desaturation. But then, like, like like, several plot points are just exactly like Twilight Zone episodes, like the exact premise. I think there's even one... I just watched it recently, just, I don't know, kind of randomly. But uh, there's one with, with characters stuck in a bus station, and it's, like kind of like a purgatory i mean i think a lot of those are like a purgatory type thing but it is like the entire episode is in this one bus station and it's very similar line right at the beginning where someone comes up and asks the ticket taker and they're like i've told you like a million times already no buses are coming anytime soon uh so right off the bat i was like oh this is just like that episode of twilight zone and then i said that like four more times throughout this movie the score is also very reminiscent of bernard herman Mm -hmm. who worked a lot with hitchcock and that I also really love that because if I could have anyone score my life story, it would be Bernard Herman. <laughs> it definitely had like yeah a vertigo esque type of orchestral score. All right, so uh, Ulysses then attempts to call the hospital from a payphone that's in the bus station, but um, he's disconnected like mid call. He asks Martin to use the phone from the bus station and Martin says there's no outside line. You can only call other stations, essentially. So then we meet next. Someone else comes into the bus station um, out of a taxi and we meet Irene. She is pregnant and she's running from an abusive husband. Uh, She's using the payphone. She tries to use the payphone to call for a taxi. Um, 
and it says it's on the way. And this is after there, she finds out there's no buses, so then she tries to get a taxi. Um, then Ulysses says, why don't we share the taxi? Because we're both going to Mexico City. We're both going to the same place. Um, and then He mentions multiple times how expensive it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, the price on this. And even tries to, well, there's, we'll get to it. the the old lady. He even tries to be like, hey, you want us to pay for the taxi as well? Six hours. Right? Yeah. They're six hours away. Plus, maybe they do that Uber thing where they're increasing the, the fare because it's Probably. high demand because of the storm. Yeah, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so then this old woman that you just mentioned, her name is actually Roberta. I don't really remember them using her name, but. No, um, they never say that. Roberta, <laughs> yeah. She starts freaking out. At the sight of Ulysses. She just kind of sees him and starts freaking out. And he offers to share the taxi with her too, but she just gets more agitated. And she's responding in a language that Ulysses doesn't understand. It's um, a native language. Yeah. And we don't get any subtitles for it. No. Which is a, a thing I really like about it. It's like we're as much in the dark as Ulysses is. I yeah. really appreciate that too. It's sort of like in Midsommar where... There, these people are traveling to another country, and they don't. There's no. There aren't supposed to be any subtitles for these people, and it makes you feel mm-hmm. just as secluded and confused as the people in the movies. Yeah. Also, too, goes to show that, like, I mean, like Spanish is not the only language spoken throughout Mexico. There's different dialects. There's the Oaxacan language that is its own separate thing as well. Uh, and yeah, you still have indigenous people like her. Um, she could be like Aztec, right? And uh, she wants mm-hmm. to get a completely different language. They don't understand. It's not like a monoculture there. You know, there's a variety of of things people speak. She would have felt home at the in the ruins, probably. <laughs> Those are Mayan Smurfs, so maybe not. But I don't know. Oh, actually, I don't know what she is. So maybe, maybe who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Martin goes into his office and he starts coughing a lot, concerning amount of coughs. And he's looking at the posters and the photos and magazines. And they're all famous people, family members. Uh, Marilyn Monroe is up there, a whole bunch of people. And then he James collapses Bond. mysteriously. He's a bit of a perv. Because there's find just out, like... Yeah, dirty magazines. Yeah, naked pictures mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere. Isn't that w- what your apartment walls look like? Just covered <laughs> in like Hustler and Playboy pictures and shit? Yeah, we could see them there. And then right? Marilyn Monroe... Yeah. Dr. No, Sean Connery poster. Yeah. I would be confused if that's not what how your wallpaper is. Mm-hmm. Oddly, it's, some of it's that... It's actually just Sigourney Weaver as Zool, <laughs> like, plastered throughout. Yeah, we can see it here on your wall. And weirdly, it's looking like... Did you paint a beard on that picture of Sigourney Weaver behind you? It looks strange mm-hmm. right now. I, I, that's the only way I can... Okay, let's move on. <laughs> All right, so um, then we cut to Irene in the bathroom. She's, uh, you know, very pregnant. And a cleaning lady kind of pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> like this random woman that we haven't been introduced to is also in the bus station. And uh, she says her name is, is Rosa. She's insisting that everybody just needs to stay at the station. It's it's dangerous. You should not leave. Um, and then at the same time, Ulysses is trying to call the hospital to check on his wife and Martin's music keeps getting louder and louder. And we could tell by Ulysses' reaction that things are not okay at the hospital. And then um, Rosa is in the bathroom. So it's kind of, you know, they're going back and forth between the bathroom and the payphone. And the music was just cracking me up how loud. It was like this, like, nice jaunty little music. And he's, like, 
there's so much tension while this fun music is playing. Um, yeah. And then Rosa, back to the bathroom, Rosa's having a seizure. And that, that's scary. This is, this is absolutely the scariest part of the movie for me. Because nothing, like, supernatural or, like, uh, out of the ordinary, like, really out of the ordinary has happened yet, except for Martine, like, falling over and turning the radio up. And I thought he was just straight up having a heart attack and dying. Um, but that's the only thing that's, like, horror, really, that's happened. But you, with the music and then, like, uh, Rosa's really frantic, like, really upsetting performance that she's talking to Irene in the bathroom. And then the, the then <laughs> Roberta, like, smashing the glass of the phone booth yelling in a language that no one understands. Like, it's so chaotic and crazy that it really does, like, it really got under my skin. This was really upsetting to me, this yeah. whole scene. As... As like Ulysses is, is crying. collapsing, yeah, yeah, he's he's you know, like resigned himself to to whatever bad news we're hearing, and it is very scary. And they they do the seizures really well with having people like foam with the mouth, get enough yeah. foam on the mouth, and so it it is you know striking and something that's a, a real threat that can happen. You know, someone just randomly hits their head fucking you know vessel burst in their head and then all of a sudden you're lying on the ground shaking and no one knows really what to do at that point yeah i think this movie isn't necessarily scary um but it really does a an exceptional job at building tension and suspense and paranoia like the people are well, i don't know you kind of feel it like those people Yes, and I, okay, you guys both have, you know, given your opinion. I like a lot about this movie. I think when we get to the turn of it all, uh, it loses a lot mm. from me. Um, just story-wise. But I, I, I think, like, it does such a great job rationing it up. And then when we get to this, like, top of tension, I'm just... Bleh. Like, it, it doesn't uh, flow as well for the rest of the movie for me. Interesting. All right, now we're going to meet somebody new. Elvaro. Elvaro. Elvaro runs into the bathroom to help Rosa, another new person. Somebody else has arrived. He says he's a medical student. And Ulysses and Irene try to go to the taxi that just dropped Elvaro off, but they can't get the door open for some reason. Um, so then... Gertrude, another new person who arrived with Elvaro and uh, her son Ignacio, um, she says that they don't want to take the taxi anyway because the driver was sick. Hmm. Interesting. That he uh, wrapped his head in bandages. They don't want to take it. So Martin comes out of the office with his face wrapped in bandages, which Great is, look. Kind of, is also funny. Um, he has a rifle with him and he's blaming everything on Ulysses and Ulysses says that he's just a minor who's worried about his wife and then Roberto runs toward them falls to the floor and starts having a seizure so everybody's having seizures now so Alvaro and Ulysses take the gun from Martin Ulysses ties Martin up and Alvaro helps Roberta with her seizure Ignacio starts freaking out so Gertrude tries to inject Ignacio with this hypodermic needle, some sort of downer, 
And Alvaro thinks that he knows better than her mother, than his mother, for some reason, and questions her about the injections. And she insists that Ignacio needs them to remain calm. And that pissed me off. Yeah. But this oh, yeah. random, like, medical student is like, uh, questioning. <laughs> yeah. One, he says he's 25. He does not look 25 at all. No. But uh, the thing with Ignacio, yeah, he is sick and he has a really weird contraption around his neck. Yeah. Uh, that they are, that when she injects him, like, there's a little thing that she is able to put the medicine to. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, uh, yeah, poor. It's a great look for, like, a sick child, something's wrong with him doesn't seem real it seems it's, it's a <laughs> horror sci-fi-esque like contraption yeah it's a it's a really nice touch the weird like sci-fi element of that contraption and that's like the most sci-fi i mean there's it's a little more sci-fi than that but like that is the most like technological thing you see is this mm-hmm. weird bulky tube coming out of his this kid's neck like strapped <laughs> on him it's cool yeah so Alvaro recognizes Ignacio as this as a famous unsolved medical case that he's read about, and Ulysses and Alvaro argue over uh, political beliefs. They're talking about this massacre that's in the process of happening or is going to happen. Uh, Martin starts removing the bandages at the same time that this is happening, and then Irene goes to check on Rosa in the bathroom. So again, we have multiple things happening, building suspense. Um, then there's a big reveal is that uh, their faces have changed and they look exactly like Ulysses, which Absolutely is very funny to me. Hilarious. Yes. I love yeah. that they lean, they lean into the comedy of it too. Like later on, especially when people are like half transformed, uh, they really love yeah. playing with the visual and like the timing of, you know, how quickly when, things change. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the old woman's Roberta, right? And she like yeah. she has a little bit of of you know scruff on her face, yeah. and then there is just like bam! All of a sudden, she is completely. She, then painful. she's collapsed at this point in transform. Yeah, <laughs> it gets a it gets a big laugh out of me. It's which, great. That yeah. is what they're going for. And she's my favorite. And I, and I do enjoy because I know. she's so she little and the head is kind yeah. of big on her, and she still has like and her voice and yeah. I, I, yeah, I like she she was great. She was one of my favorite characters easily. Um, she actually becomes very proactive too throughout the movie, which is cool. Um, but yeah, she looks fantastic. The makeup on everyone to turn them into Ulysses is really really well done. I would say it's like you know, uh, it's just as like it's like surreal looking in its own right. The way it's it's done, it doesn't mm-hmm. look fully natural, which kind of helps the movie to me. In making well, it like there's different unsettling. levels yeah. of it. Yeah. So like sometimes they'll just get a little scruff, but then eventually it seems like they're wearing a mask. Like a prosthetic, yeah, just, a prosthetic you know, mask Incorporate it, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they're still they still have full movement in their faces. Like yeah. they're still you know, so it looks I don't know, it's a lot of prosthetics and I also thought it was pretty well done. Okay, so then Rosa uh is stabbing herself in the face repeatedly in the bathroom. <laughs> Ooh. Oof. Yeah, yeah that's, this was this was probably the stuff. most horrific part, and it was like this is what I I loved about the movie this this scene in particular. Yeah, I love that. Uh, because I feel like it's it's a very old school thing the way they did it, where you don't see you do see the the 
like scissors going in at some point, like into some prosthetics, which is cool. But before that, you just see like a shot of the scissors going up and coming down, and then it cuts to the wall mm-hmm. where you see like blood splatter all over it. It was a very old school thing to do that I really liked. And then to mix it up with, I, with the actual gore too. Was... Yeah, I, and it, I I think it really gets into the horrific part of it is like if you woke up with somebody else's face. Yeah. And like it, it, it makes you snap and to the point where you are self-harming to to try to revert back to normal. But it's not it you're not doing anything helpful at all. Yeah. There's a great line later in the radio that says like don't look into the mirror. Because I'm assuming that like Avoid mirrors. Yeah, people all over are going insane seeing this face. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So um, then Alvaro wrestles the rifle away from Ulysses and accuses him of being a government agent. Um, Ulysses is insisting at this point that he does not understand what the others are talking about, which I also think is is very interesting, too. Everybody's, you know, things are happening and Ulysses is like, what the fuck is everyone talking about? So from that perspective, just imagine like all these people are freaking out me like, oh, my God, and pointing at people because something is wrong. And you're like, what? <laughs> it looks fine. Everything looks normal. Yeah. So they all share a little bit, a bit about themselves for some reason, and um, you know what they do. Just trying to get more personal, I guess. And then they end up recognizing Ignacio <laughs> for from quote the restaurant characterization incident. Yeah. And oh um, yeah, the restaurant's called like the, pe- the penis, right? It's like in the subtitles it was spelled P I N I S T. The penis is the name of the restaurant. <laughs> Right, they say it yeah. a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I didn't include that because I, I was like, that's odd. So, um, <laughs> then Ignacio, Ignacio starts freaking out because of the rain, um, and he doesn't like water suddenly. And then um, Alvaro takes the syringe out of Gertrude's hand as she's trying to I- inject him to calm him, and she just he won't let her inject Ignacio, and she says that he will turn bad if he doesn't get it. And Alvaro is just a total asshole. And yeah, is, I hated his character. It's pretty much his fault. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Speaking of the ruins again, he's a lot like the med student from from that movie where he feels he can take control because of his his incomplete schooling. He's a medical student. <laughs> because yeah. nobody else is doing it, and so he thinks it's upon him, and then he continuously makes bad decisions. Yeah. Although I feel like Jeff, I want to say was his name in the ruins, does make good decisions. Yeah, um, for the most part, he he at time there's a couple times he makes was probably the right move. Yeah, uh, in this scene, in this movie, it is interesting because like Ulysses is also in no shape to like lead anybody, and it kind of comes down to Irene who becomes the more like the most like pragmatic and rational, like, rational one of the group. Yeah. And this is where you get the great reveal too that she's also turning, and she's got like some scruff. And uh, a black eye, Ulysses's black eye, and then she has half of her hair is transformed into eye. Ulysses. She already had it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the okay. abusive husband. Yeah. yeah, but I do love the the, the hair. Half of, of her like hair, one side yeah. <laughs> is bobbed down to match. Yeah, that's pretty funny. There's a yeah. There's so many great visuals of this movie. I like a lot of the set and and plot. Um, again, it's just, we're getting very close to the point where I'm like, oh, I wish you would have done something else. 
All right, so back to the radio now. The radio says that the rain is not acid. There's no acid rain because there was a, a well, people thought maybe it was the rain that was doing it. Um, but it's happening all over the world. And it says there are strange people. Um, so it, we're getting the impression that everybody is turning into Ulysses. Um, Irene says that she needs to show them the magazines, you know, all the stuff that's in Martin's office. Um, mm-hmm. But she is interrupted because she's transforming as well, like you just said, like with the half half hair kind of going on. Um, so they, Alvaro is afraid that it's contagious, so he says that he needs to lock all of the Ulysses up, which <laughs> I also thought was funny. Um, but Ulysses still doesn't know what they're talking about. And um, then Alvaro attempts he's... to leave the station and the doors are locked and bulletproofed, apparently, because he's shooting at the windows, nothing happens. Yeah, I like how Ulysses is like, why are you referring to me as a plural? <laughs> like, he doesn't understand it. Right. That that actor, I think, is maybe the best in the movie. The one playing Ulysses. Gustavo he, Sanchez Para. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I, he does a great job, yeah. Especially in the beginning when, like, I, I feel like a big part of me liking his performance is just getting to be with him emotionally as he you know he has the whole part of beginning finding out about his wife and the desperation to get home like it's a really good motivation and then as he is trying to grapple with like because he he doesn't see everyone's face as his so he has no idea what's going on like that confusion and terror at like everyone around you like freaking out and seeing something you can't like it's yeah he's really good yeah it's like a mass hysteria is happening around you and you yeah, have no cent- idea centered, why. centered on you and your face, or supposedly your face, and like you, you don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually, people start listening to Irene about needing to look at the magazines and stuff. So Alvaro and Irene go to investigate Martin's office, and they find that all of the photographs, statues, posters, including Marilyn Monroe, all have Ulysses' face as well. So Ignacio, it's a it's a good look. I'm hoping Anna de Armas will incorporate that in the, that the new Netflix movie that's going to come out. Yeah, yeah. Your Sigourney poster in the background is now ha- now has glasses too. Uh, weirdly, I, I, oh you weird. Know, it's, yeah, something's looking different about it. But hmm. uh, uh, and then they they this is where they each even look at their own pictures, right? Like yeah, Irene has a little lock with her parents uh, locket yeah. that yeah her parents in it. Alvaro's has a, a little wallet picture of him and his brothers. Yeah. And they're all the same. There's like yes. a straight minute of them flipping through like a nude magazine with just Ulysses' face on top of topless models. Like, it's very funny. <laughs> I'm glad that they held, they hold on it for so oh, long. I think right before this is because there's a Coke machine and it has like a nice little painting of a man and a woman on a beach. And I think it's right before this this instance is, or right during we're cutting, mm-hmm. you know, all that, that then we focus back again on the Coke machine, and then the couple on the beach both have the beard <laughs> and hair. So I didn't, I, I didn't, it was That's a great reveal. Yeah. It's so fun. I totally forgot um, about that. It's yes. chilling. Yeah. It's funny, but still, like, it, it's disturbingly funny. And you're not, you, you don't feel right inside. It's humorous. I think you're laughing because you don't know how to 
like interpret the the actual horror of it yeah i guess i i really love how they lean into the comedy of it like they know it's a ridiculous premise mm-hmm. and so they're just having fun with it and things like that yes so uh ignacio locks gertrude and martin in a back room uh, and rosa um it's the room where rosa committed suicide so there's a dead body and they have to they're locked in there so Ignacio shows Ulysses a comic book about aliens who, instead of conquering Earth, steal humanity's individuality. So once everyone has been transformed, humanity's memory is then wiped, and the humans once again perceive themselves as individuals. So not knowing that they have lost their individuality. When Gertrude escapes, she explains that Ignacio has call- caused the comic book to come true. Yeah, this is the turn that I'm like... I- I uh, I wish you had not had it as the kid. One, it, like he he's fine acting. I just story wise, I think you could do more not going that direction. Two, I just wanted to see the little kid become the man with the beard. Yeah, hair. I was hoping for that. That would have been really funny. Yeah, I was really hoping for the kid to have a beard. Um. But, it's uh, very reminiscent I, of Twilight Zone, though, because there are a lot of episodes where there's one episode where, like, the kid is evil and is controlling yeah, everything. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Which that to me, th- that's funny because that that Twilight Zone episode got adapted into the '80s movie, the movie, um, and it's directed by Joe Dante. That segment and that was a very early like scary movie I saw. Uh, was that clip in particular of the kid in that in that movie? Um, like making the cartoons come alive and mm-hmm. like having them eat his uncle and his or his aunt and uncle and stuff like that. It's very upsetting. So I have a soft spot for that story from the Twilight Zone because I like the original episode a lot too. And so I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad that they reference it here. But I'm kind of with you, Murph, and that is a little bit too much of a departure from like the tone of the rest of the movie. Like the tone does shift completely. To like having yeah. this villainous kid here in this spot with you like a little bit of mystery is gone not a little bit a lot of the mystery is kind of gone now and like i don't know i feel like the tone of the movie just kind of changes to center around the kid now and uh i don't think any of it is right. bad he, i don't think any becomes... of it yeah i don't think any of it is like not well done it just is a really big change you know so yeah mm-hmm. i i agree it, with you it centers on him as the villain and i think they're and the like horrific part of it. I think there's so much more uh, potential in just the idea of us all starting to look the same and then getting more into about individuality, trusting each other. And because there's a lot of um, Alvaro's is like, you're working for the government. This yeah. is a government experiment experiment. And I think there was so much more about being able to to talk about why we're all the same yet different and like it it's very uh shallow or like a superficial gloss over it all when they could have really dug in to some of these themes i think they get back to they're just like well it's the kid haha yeah i think they get back to it the actual ending and then like um i do think the comic book is a good way to talk about some of that stuff though like it does make sense and it then does make it like it all comes across as like it's another throwback thing where even comics around this time were like these weird little like moral short stories like tales from the crypt and like you know things like that like they they are there to teach you a weird little lesson and like i 
I don't know. I feel like it. I think you're right that it, it doesn't. Instead of maybe making him like all powerful and he's able to control everything and becomes a little asshole, like make it it's subconscious everything that's happening. That's a little and bit that, what they it's, do. It's the comic yeah. book. But then it's him like controlling people and making yeah. uh, a little doll cock a shotgun and then the guy cocks a shot. Like it's right. That's over the top for me. I think you're right. I think if they had made it that it was it's his sub it's his subconscious doing this, right? Maybe spurned by outside forces as they talk about later. Sure. Um, rather yeah. than the, the malevolence like, like you're talking about. Like you're right. It is a little much that he like physically makes Martine do that stuff. Um I think it takes away a little bit from like oh the the people or the real monsters which is like you know, a very common yes. Twilight Zone yes. thing. Because um, a lot of this reminds me of, like, what is it? The monsters on Maple Street are due on Maple Street. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. Twilight Zone episode where there's, like, this isolated community of people. There's possibly a government or alien attack or something happening. But they're torn apart by their own political differences rather than, like, any outside force. Uh, so I really love that angle because like I love all the infighting when people are talking and Alvaro's like this is why this country is going down the tubes or whatever yeah you know you're the reason yeah. I, I also think it's like uh, another episode Twilight Zone and I can't remember if it's one that you were trying to reference earlier but it's they're at like a diner in a snowstorm and it's like <gasps> there is an alien in here oh yeah that, and the we different don't one. know which one will the, will the, is an alien it's like yeah. will the Will is something, please stand up or something. That's one yes. of my favorite episodes yeah. ever. That's the That's first good. Twilight Zone episode I ever saw. Wow. I watched it with my aunt that I've talked about before. It should be more like that to where we're all the same now. And now we're trying to figure out which one of us is bad, evil, the, the, the cause of this. And it's so much more than just like, oh, it's this child. Mm-hmm. You're right. I think that would be a better way to go. And he referenced the thing, too. And the best thing about the thing is that, like, you have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, at any given time, it could be anybody. Uh, like, who's the perpetrator, the evil, whatever, the bad one. Um, and I think it, it needed it needed to drag that out a little bit more. Yeah. But the one I was talking about earlier is a little different. The, there's, there's a different bus station one where there's a woman who wakes up in a bus station uh, who is being told, you've been here before. Like, you keep asking me about, like, when this bus is coming. And she's like, but I've never been here. Like, that's my first time speaking to you. But the ticket taker and everyone else around her is adamant that she's been there for, like, you know, a long time. I um, don't remember that one specifically. I remember I'll that have one, to try yeah. to Yeah, it's it good. Up. And it feels yeah. like this one where it's like, it's kind of like the Ulysses thing where everyone around you is like, no, I know you. Like, something, you're doing something strange. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, yeah. I think it's... Uh, it's. I believe it's. Will the real Martian please stand up? Is the one <laughs> that we were talking it, about yeah. in the diner. Yeah, great. Title. And then I think the other one you're talking about is Mirror Image. Yes, that's it. And yeah. that is. Yeah, that's about a doppelganger in a bus station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. It, Twilight is. I haven't. I I watch them every year on um, New Year's Day. Yeah. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, because of the sci-fi marathon, and so I started doing that when I was when they when sci-fi started doing it. So I think I was in middle school or high school or something like that. Um, so I've seen every episode of Twilight Zone like <laughs> millions of times. I love, I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. Anyway, so we're gonna we're going back. So you, um, 
uh, Ignacio is also Ignacio is played by Santiago Torres and his IMDb picture is uh, him making a goofy face with a full mustache. Um, anyway so we're back in the in the station and ignacio has just said all this stuff about the comic book and then he cuts ulysses free um and is able to take the gun so that he is able to take the gun from alvaro and then tie him up so then ignacio reveals that he was preventing them from leaving and he starts changing realities like he says um the reason that the gunshots didn't work like shows that the bullet holes are like in different places. Like he diverted the bullets. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the glass was actually bulletproof. Um, so he's then starts putting the keys in Alvaro's mouth and then gives Martin the gun. And Martin says he doesn't have control of the gun and then shoots Ulysses. It's it, like, there's a lot of, it's like goofy tension and weird things. I, this, I didn't particularly care for this stuff. Um, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I think the movie is fun enough that I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, anyway, so uh, then Irene and Alvaro start having seizures and they transform into Ulysses. So many Ulysses. <laughs> uh, then Gertrude is also growing a stash. And as he dies, Ulysses says he doesn't recognize the other's faces. So then he uh, must start seeing yeah, his I- own face face it's it's really great and but it also makes you question more yeah of like so that's not how that's not what ulysses originally looked like that yeah we see a photo of him turned into this this, yeah before we see him right yeah and And then they pull out his wallet that doesn't make sense they pull out his wallet and they find a picture of ulysses and he doesn't look like anyone that has been in the train station he looks like a gringo, in my opinion, in the picture. Yeah, it looks oh, like he has so fair hair. Oh, so he looks hair. like a white guy. He references that earlier, I think. He says something like he, and it, I didn't understand it when he said it, but he mentioned something like, oh, is this like about picking on the gringo? And I couldn't, oh. I didn't know who he was referring to, but he may have been referring oh. to himself. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what he looks like now, so. And I think he had a beard in the in, in the old photo too. He still had a beard, it so did. like maybe he didn't notice that the beard was a new addition or something. He didn't notice the beard changed. Right. Yeah. He was. He but definitely he, was like was... fair skinned with it looked like yeah. blondish mm-hmm. hair. In the but he has some kind of yeah. He has a line about like oh are we picking on the gringo? And I couldn't tell if he was like referring to somebody else. But I was like, but no one here is a gringo. So I was really confused by that line. This is before anything's revealed. I think he's just arguing with Alvaro at that point. And then, but yeah, once you see the photo, you're like, oh, like he was talking about himself. I actually really liked this reveal because, Me too. yeah, I thought that it was, it was kind of neat that he just, he transformed before he had gotten to the bus station. That's why everyone was freaking out at him. You know, that's why Roberta, Roberta was, you know, saying weird shit to him and yeah. I, I. I do really like it that it again. It's not just everyone's a doppelganger of him. It's that he turned into that, and then everyone else did. I, again, story wise, I wish there was, you know, not with the kid because then it, this makes this confusing of why was he like this so early on before Ignacio was even introduced whatsoever. Well, the world was changing I before he want- got there. Yeah, it was. It's yeah. not like only people in the bus station are changing. Is everybody in the world? But she was keeping him drugged. I, I know. 
I, I, I probably need to suspend my disbelief a little bit more. Um, I think I was just so disappointed with how much I love the, the general plot of the movie, like the, the concept of it. And that about halfway through the movie, it's like, oh, I, you kind of dropped the ball. All right. So uh... but that's just me. Okay, yeah, they look in his wallet, they find the picture of the probably white guy, um, and he was, so he was probably the first one in the bus station to transform, so then Gertrude tells Alvaro and Irene not to upset Ignacio, just, you know, he'll, he'll calm down, if, if we are calm, we don't upset him, and then immediately Irene grabs him and demands to know what's happening, so <laughs> didn't listen to her at all. Um, she ends up, she starts to give birth. She um, shits out the baby and then dies during the childbirth. <laughs> and the baby has Ignacio's, or not Ignacio's face, the baby has Ulysses' face. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. It was really upsetting. So and it's, it's fun. It's like very much in color compared to everything else, too. Yeah. Like they really make it pop. It's yeah, like it's really silly, gross. Yeah. Um, then Gertrude is all of a sudden transformed completely. And then Ignacio starts playing with his toy car and causes a real big, like, real-life big car to come smashing through the doors and kills Martin, like, runs him over. And then this dog, which we haven't really mentioned because he's not been important, but there's right. a dog outside kind of barking periodically. And the dog <laughs> comes running in and has also has a Ulysses face. <laughs> it, it's, that is love. I love it. I love it. It's From right out of, of the body invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. yeah. If only they had a little banjo it's so playing chilling. when it came in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, so but again, silly. like this is something that would have been like quite amazing had you know we followed through with a lot more of the themes i think earlier on yeah you don't, you i think don't the, need i think the, the dog works anyway kid as a bad guy yeah i still think i think once you get over the bump of like the kid is causing this i think the themes still do come through for me uh i think you're right in that like the plot is shaky but i think it still manages to wrap things up with the theme of it by the end so and i think Ignacio's. i think it is i think he is a good actor um there are times where he has a more like intense look on his face where he's, he's a pretty freaky little kid. Like he's, yeah. I like when he's, he's uh, good. he's kind of looking down a little bit, but he has that smile. So he's like, yeah, exactly. Super when he's saying, looking. when he's saying Ulysses, name and like that sing song voice, you know, like that's pretty, that's, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. So, um, at this point, Ignacio collapses and Roberta runs over and starts to examine him. And she sees that Ulysses face is really the his little doll's face that's where he got the face and she says that he made contact with the aliens and he didn't really believe that they were real so he allowed them to control him because he's a kid you know uh, then gertrude asks roberta what what would you what do we do next and roberta replies nothing no pasar nada <laughs> so uh later the police arrive and arrest Alvaro, saying that he is responsible for the deaths because he was probably on drugs. And then Gertrude and Ignacio yeah. leave for uh, Mexico City. And uh, then they're on this they're on the bus and Ignacio starts pulling out all these books that are about massacres and like incidents and things. And then the narrate narration starts again. 
And he says that uh, with few exceptions, Ignacio is the only one to remember what happened, much like the comic book, and that he is the important character. Like in the beginning, the narrator mm-hmm. said that Martin wasn't the important character, and now we know that Ignacio is the important character. Yeah. We, uh, we skipped over something just briefly about how they go back into the, the back room again at some point. And now it was it Irene and, and Alvaro's were both like, we don't see the, you know, the beard and the hair on any yeah. of these pictures oh, yeah. anymore. And, and so that they are like reverting back of the, like they've noticed it and now it's becoming passe or like, you know, uh, right. They're, they're, they're going the way that like Ulysses did where he's not able to see the faces anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, like, I think they get into it, which where, like, they talk about in the comic a little bit, that humans are always going to find minute differences, right? Mm-hmm. And they're always going to be able to see, like, to, like, separate. Even if you have the exact same face, you're going to see something different yeah. in that one and be able to, like, they, make it they an individual. an analogy yeah. of, like, ants and how, you know, to, to us giant humans... Ants are identical. They're uniform. Yeah, I have the line. It says, to uh, us giants, ants are just a game. That's what they say. Yeah. But ants yeah. have individuality. And they can tell each other apart. Yeah. I saw the Woody Allen Ants movie. I know. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, like, it's, it's a really important thing. And especially at the end where everybody is seeing, you know, individuals and then we cut to Ignacio's point of view, and everybody still has the beard and the hair, and even his mother or Roberta like comes into the bus and is like trying to talk to him about it. Yeah, and uh, his mother is just like, "Leave him alone! Can't you see he's been through so much?" Yeah, I I love that. I uh, I love that the idea is that like humans are such pieces of shit. Even with literally identical faces, we're going to find something to divide us, right? We're going to find, like, based on appearance, based on politics, on whatever it is, like, regardless of... I mean, we talked about this a lot with Annihilation and, um, what was the other one? Uh, In the Earth, how similar everybody is, or just like a, you know, collection of, like, cells and particles and whatever. Uh, we're so similar, but we are so focused on, like what is the minute differences in us you know like murph you and i look like we could be turning into ulysses right now glasses I, I mean, yeah, mustache you know you have the beard i'm not yeah. there yet with the beard but like we're we're on our way and yet we have these differences between us that divide us you know kill i know you have beard envy so this <laughs> would do. be the yeah. world that like you would love to be in. i would love it with dark hair i've always wanted dark hair and a nice beard oh yeah I have major beard envy. So um, there are, I guess there are some Easter eggs and things throughout that uh, the director, Isaac Esban, has a previous film called The Incident. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of unites the universe and mythology of both films. I haven't seen The Incident. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's kind of neat. It's kind of, and the movie is, I think, kind of, pointing to like that ignacio caused this massacre on october 2nd as well yeah that that's why everybody was freaking out and that's why so many people were slaughtered that 
at the end when he gets on the bus, he has like a bunch of books, and one of them is titled "The Incident," if I yes. remember correctly. Yep. So okay, nice little reference. Okay. Yeah. I would have preferred much if like Nick Fury showed up, but okay, I get it. Cinematic universes. Yeah. Any uh, final thoughts? Sure. Final. Well, what do we want to rate it out of? Ulysses. And then. Yeah, Ulysses. (laughs) Ulysses faces. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right, Kill, you're our host. All right, I'll go first. So uh, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's very fun. Um, I. I do agree to a certain extent that I, I think if they um, kind of cut out some of the, the like funky, like the silly stuff, not the faces. I really like that. But the stuff like when um, that, that point where Ignacio takes over and, you know, like his little doll has the gun and he's controlling the car. If they kind of cut that out and just continued with the uh, the tension and the paranoia. And then I do like it that Ignacio ended up being the bad guy, but I think if they had a better reveal where maybe it was like, you know, at the end, then somebody picked up the doll and and looked down and was like, holy shit, we all just look like the doll kind of thing. And then it was, you know, I don't know, zoomed in on Ulysses making an evil face or something like that. So that it was more that, you know, not him taking control of things. And it was just like a reveal at the end where it was like, oh, holy shit, it was the kid the entire time. Um I think that would have been maybe a little bit better, but I still really enjoyed it. I loved the effects. I just, I love Twilight Zone and like B-movies from the Mm -hmm. 50s and 60s and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Everything that this movie was was inspired by uh, is something that I really like for the most part. And so I just, I think it's funny and there's a lot of tension. There's some good effects and gore, Um, but it's like it's a good movie. It's not the greatest movie ever, but it's super fun. And I I'm gonna give it three point eight Ulysses. Wow. Hey, did Very you guys cool. ever watch that? Um there was a show, it was like a whodunit. It may have been called Whodunit, but it was like a murder mystery show, but it was a like a reality show. But there's a a guy on yeah. there named Ulysses, and the butler host dude was British and he called him Ulysses. I know you're talking about. Was it like then? Was it like they brought in people to like improv a murder mystery kind of right? A little bit. Or am I thinking of well, something it, else? It was like a reality show, and then they would, and so like they were all just regular people, and they didn't really know what was going on. But they had like a dinner parties every night, and they would like make these fake murders, like an explosion, and someone would okay. disappear. I think I'm yeah. thinking of. This, of I'm going to guess show, this yeah. was on Fox. <laughs> I think it may like have been ABC. Fox would put out. I oh really? Okay. Yeah, if I remember Man, correctly. So much of this sounds familiar, but I might be confusing it with a different show. But yeah, that's a good idea. Though I love that premise. I've always wanted to do like a murder mystery cruise or something. You know, mm. that like seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I did it, and uh, what the uh, I did one, and it turned out that the a bunch of people from Making a Murderer were there. Like the oh, lawyers, wow. the, the uh, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of lawyers and stuff from that were there. And it's really weird because one of them was super fucking weird. Ken. Ken. Wow. Forget his name. Greg, I can go. Uh, I, again, I, I think there are a lot of great aspects of this movie. I think the directing is, uh, is right up there, like, with the double. I think it is, has such a strong vision 
I'm just disappointed a lot in the story plot beats, you know, after the reveal. Um, it's kind of a part of, like, the the sum of the parts are greater than the whole. Like, I really love, you know, the tension, the the visuals, the actual, like, some of the comedic moments in it. I just think altogether it doesn't it doesn't come to what I want from it. And maybe it's just from hearing the actual plot of the story. I had such a high expectation of what this could be, what you could do with it, what you could say, and that it it doesn't necessarily hit it as much as I'm wanting it to. Again, probably more superficial on some of these themes, then you could really dig into it. Uh, I overall, it, it was it was middling for me, so I'm gonna go two point five Ulysses. Wow, jeez. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I will go. I I think weirdly. Uh, despite Kill's enthusiasm and then Merciless, I think I might be the highest because like I, I really liked this. I don't know. I'm reconsidering because I, I do think you're right, Murph. I do think that like as you go along, once you get that that kid reveal, just there comes a part a little little bit after that where I'm like, oh man, like this is not as good as it was. So I do think it's a little rough. Yeah, I don't think it ever gets bad though. I don't think it ever gets to a point where like I don't like this. But it does not live up to its first act. Um, and then parts of the second act where they're all, you know, we have all the characters pointing gun- pointing a gun at each other and yelling about politics and things like that. Like, that's the best it gets. And I think there is such a, the, the visual style remains strong all the way through. You still have really good uh, moments near the end, like the birth of the baby. And um, I love the, the reveal. Dog. Yes, the dog. I love the reveal of the toy is, is really fun. And I do think that the comic book, while it's maybe a kind of heavy handed way to explain what's going on and to explain the themes here, I do think it still gives you some interesting themes to consider when you think about the whole movie. And then you then think about how, again, like just all of our problems are based on minute differences in each other. Right. That like, uh, you know, you it's it's like I love that ant metaphor, and it is a little clunky the way they give it to you in the comic book, but I still like it. And um, I think the ending is is pretty fun in that it, the way it wraps up, of course, just like a Twilight Zone episode, and uh, that weird moment of it getting on the bus and seeing everyone's face as Ulysses is great. I don't know. I still really like the ending. I think I'm gonna go like like three point eight. What did you give a kill? Was it the same as yours? Three point eight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll match you on. I'll say three point eight. Yeah, because I I do think that the more I think about it, that dip in quality is really noticeable. But that first part is so so strong. You know, it, it makes me think of you know when you you have a great idea and you spend a lot of time you know coming up with with a thread or a plot point, and then you you get to you're like oh I need to wrap this up. I don't know how to 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 finish it. Um. You know, a lot of television shows like right. do the same thing over seasons. Uh, so he probably put a lot of thought into the first forty-five minutes, and then it was like, "Oh, I gotta, 
make this work out. I, I got the feeling that he's just a really big, really big fan of that episode of the Twilight Zone, and he wanted to incorporate that, you know, yeah, like that whole kid thing. Like he, there's like four episodes of the Twilight Zone he must have just had on repeat. Oh yeah, as a child, <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna do three point eight Ulysses. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Kill there. Um, also, just I found a poster for his upcoming movie that is supposedly releasing later this year. I just posted it, Ooh. and yeah, that poster is fantastic. Um, very excited ojo. to see that now. Yeah, interesting. Mar de ojo. Look out for that movie, The Bad Eye. Ooh, or Eye of Ooh. Evil, Eye of Bad, right? Bad of Eye. That yeah. looks really cool. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I, I really enjoy this, and I think I'm gonna definitely watch yeah. the incident now. Um, yeah, it's really and, fun. Uh, I agree. It's a fun little movie, and. You know, it's not the best movie ever, but it has a lot of humorous elements. I think if it's, it's just like a lighthearted, fun kind of almost parody of all these other movies. Lighthearted. Yeah, I, I do. But you're kind of right. You're kind of right. Yeah. But yeah, like the humor kind of outweighs, almost outweighs like all the violence and tension that's going yeah. on. But yeah, I just think it's really fun. It's very funny. And little gem I found on Shudder last year. Totally. And then even if, like, yeah, even aside from the comedy stuff, there is, like, a nice little, like we talked about, like, it's like a little moral story about, like, you know, hey, deep down, we're all the same, you know, but we, right. yeah. And I don't want to be, like, my 2.5, is it's not worth viewing. I just, there's so much potential that I don't think it strikes upon, and I'm I'm left disappointed. Sure. But it's enjoyable. You know, you, you gave Twins of Evil a 2.5 as well. Do you think it's... It's on the same level as Twins of Evil. Yeah, honestly, yeah, honestly, yeah. That's a compliment that makes, where I come from, man. That's that's high praise <laughs> there. <laughs> All right. Well, we are at the end of the month, so you know what that means. It's time for the Masses. We give awards each month, different movies. So we're gonna go real quick. All of the movies that we've watched so far this month, we've watched uh, actually. Four out of five of them start with the. I don't oh know yeah, if you guys noticed that. Wow. But we have the the dark half. We have the one I love, twins of evil, the double, and then the similars. And so we're gonna start the way we start every single month with the uh, category best kill. Also, it's sponsored by the Claude Daigle Memorial Penmanship Award Scholarship Fund Foundation. Mm-hmm. Good job. Did you remember yeah. I'm that? not writing it down anymore. It's all by memory. Hell yeah. Nice. I noticed you were, like, looking up, trying to think about it. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, you nailed it. Writing on the, the top of my skull, yeah. Uh, so we're going to start with Best Kill. I have mine. Do you guys have any ideas of, of what you would put down? Yeah, yeah, I know. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to start since you have yours? I have mine. I think. Sure, I, I think it's uh, from the double. It's Simon Killing James. Mm. Of of you know we've we've gotten to a point where he knows that anything he does to himself is also going to affect him, and so cutting his face, jumping off the building, and then I think I think the thing that gets it for me is how james being handcuffed to the bed then makes simon's hand like contorted up in the air and it's it's uh it just strikes me really really nicely i i think it's uh cinematic sad tragic 
Yeah, that's a really good one. And it's like, um, it's it's interesting, and it's that's a little fucked up too. I think it's a pretty it's a pretty messed up one. Seeing uh, James like laying in a, in a pool of blood in the apartment is a really upsetting visual. That and and that like you have to do it to yourself yeah. to make it happen to him is it's very impactful to me. Yeah, very good pick. Interesting. I think with mine, um, I said I had one, but now I'm split between two as I think back on it. But I think I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to say in Twins of Evil, uh, during the scene, the scene near the end, when Joachim, the the servant, the bodyguard, oh, is fighting off the mob, and he just like sticks a cleaver into somebody's head. The, the, him oh, getting okay. stabbed is good too. But specifically, like when he I thought you were going to do the eye down, one though. Eye is good too. Those are all fantastic. The eye is really good. Those are all brilliant. Yeah. I was also thinking Count Karnstein getting that spear and was a disintegrating really, was a fun one into a skeleton. Yeah, into spam. Also great. Yeah. But no, I I think uh it's it's the one major like shock moment to me where it that it stands out to me as so gory for its time, like the cleaver getting stuck in the guy's face. Uh, it's really cool stuff. I love that that kill. It's very basic the way it's done, but I think that like, um, yeah, it stands out to me. I love that one, so I'm gonna say that's a good hatchet one. to the face from Twins of Evil. I am kind of torn because I think that Twins of Evil did have a few good kills, and I was thinking that it's between either the the decapitation with the sausage head, or oh my in God. the similars when Rosa yeah. stabbing herself in the bathroom kills Ooh. herself. Uh, but yeah. I think Have I'm gonna we go ever had with, a self-kill? I'm going to go with Rosa stabbing herself to death in the bathroom. That's good. I don't know. I don't, don't think we've done a self-kill before. Maybe kind of the blinds in, uh, or the sunlight in Let the Right One In? Mm. Is that a self-kill? Well, she didn't kind know of, that not really. Happen. Oh, true. But, um... Maybe. Kill, I don't know how I forgot about it. I'm changing my answer to the de- decapitation from Twins decapitation. of Evil. Decapitation? Yes. I mean, what a showstopper that's my that moment. Place. Yeah, yeah, that one is so good. How did I, th- how did I forget that? <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to best performance, and we've already decided so we're doing the, a seasonal award about who's the best double. So we're going to exclude anybody that played two different roles in a movie. So do do you guys have any thoughts of just uh, a singular performance throughout? Uh, yes. Um, I think that I am going to go with... Uh... No, I blanked. I'm sorry. Do you guys have Wallace an idea? Wallace Shawn. <laughs> Wallace Shawn's great. Wallace That's a Shawn's really good a great pick. One. I was try- okay, yes. I was trying to think of someone else from the double. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I like the detectives um, from the double. I'm going to say the detectives from the from the double. The detectives are fun. Just because I yeah. really like that scene when they're, you know, talking to him about how when he watches the neighbor commit suicide, the dude across the street, he's like, he waved to me, and the one guy's like, oh, that's nice, and he's like, are you oh. are you gonna are you thinking of committing suicide? He's like, no, and he's like, put him down for a maybe. I really like that interaction. Put him down. <laughs> that's my favorite performance, even though it's very it, he, they're not big parts in that movie, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll throw mine out because it's also the double. I really like Mia Wachowska in it. I think she um, does such a good job throughout, especially uh, just like the quick dialogue that they do. And when she is, you know, talking to Simon about the, the stalker. 
that she had and she's like getting really intense in the middle of the the cafe um yeah and also the scene when she is bring being brought back from the hospital and tells him like you know you should kill yourself i promise i won't stop you halfway through yeah that's a really chilling shit i think she is my pick as well um really she lost it for me because her accent was atrocious (laughs) <laughs> see i didn't even notice her accent all over the place it, yeah it Very doesn't bother me as much hmm i wow I'm, I'm really bad with accents sometimes like i i think i'm fooled easily by accents and I, I have a really hard time placing where people come from and what they sound so i don't think i noticed that but i like her a lot i was gonna say maybe peter cushing but i do think that he is a little underserved by that movie as great as he's always great mm-hmm. i think i've never seen him do a give a bad performance but like there's not a whole lot to that character and i feel like he's not in it as much as you would think so yeah i'm gonna say mia wachowski is that it Wachow- isn't it like so, wachowski yeah. or something anyway Wach- next category yes, there you go. Yeah, i think that's closer <laughs> uh i do want to just uh throw out you know second uh homer gamash from the dark half who's gonna do it up brown for us i almost wanted to pick him yeah almost <laughs> i love him all right, uh, so we're going to move on to best effect. And I don't think there were too many, like, oh, extravagant nope, ones. Wrong, wrong, nope. The, so the death of the dark, the death of the final finale well, of the dark That's death. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We don't have very many extravagant ones except for uh, George Stark being torn apart by sparrows. I love Just, it. like... It starts as a person, turns into a skeleton, and then is carried away into, like, a giant map painting. I love it so it's much. wonderful. You see a, a sparrow, like, burst out of his skull and, like, peck his eyes out and shit. It's so, so cool. They, you like, see every get detail. into his ribcage. Yeah. I love it. It's so awesome. I was, uh, <laughs> I sometimes at work, I'll have some downtime and I'll be able to put a movie on. Right on one of my monitors as I do as I do some work or like things or whatever, and I had a coworker come in to say goodnight to me, and just as the scene with the birds was playing, and they just like stood there, both of us in delight, being like, "Oh my god! Like holy shit! This is incredible!" Thankfully, they were a horror fan. It was not a coworker who was just gonna like <laughs> report me or anything. Um, but no, I I I still love that scene. Like I think it's a really really spectacular way to end the film. And it really makes up for me for that movie a lot of its faults, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a fucking fantastic effect. It doesn't I make think any we sense. Had some pretty good effects this month, um, like in the dark half, like you guys said, and uh, the way that the dude's face is like sliding off. Uh, in the one I love, it just it look. Remember when I was a kid? I remember watching The Parent Trap, and you can see that line right down the middle. But now yeah. it's you don't That's even a good notice. Point. You know, they could be played by identical twins. You just, we know that they aren't, but, you know, yeah. they all look good in this. Twins of Evil had decent effects as well. Um, the double, I really liked the atmosphere and just like the visuals of that, which counts as an yeah. effect. And the similars, I'm going totally with true. the similars because I really, really liked the effect of um, everybody looking like Ulysses everybody having the mm-hmm. same face. I really liked that effect. And um, the overall mood that they sent by 
bringing bringing the color like muting the colors so much where it wasn't quite black and white but it was really muted yeah and it gives you that effect but also has a kind of modern look um but i just i think i thought it was fucking hilarious that everybody had the same face i just yeah that's my favorite effect (laughs) awesome choice you you made me think that like the double does the having uh, the same actor on screen like it does it so well there are so many yeah. moving shots where they are like walking, walking down together. the hallway and both of them yeah, yeah. it's it's quite like i i would love a a whole hour and a half documentary about him making that movie i i meant to bring it up on the episode for the one i love but the one i love has an incredible shot talking about what you, you guys are talking about having the same actor on the in the same frame um and it's after uh the fake is it ethan was that his name yeah yes after his doppelganger goes running down the road and hits the wall and then mm-hmm. ethan and the two uh sophies sophies are then walking down the road and you have a sophie on either side of ethan and it's a great shot of them walking on the road together and they're dressed identically and it's just a great moment where ethan looks over both shoulders and looks at (laughs) these two versions of his wife and he is so like he just has this weird moment of like what the fuck is happening right now (laughs) and like mark duplass plays it so well It's, it's such a great shot of them walking towards the camera and he's just like looking around, being like, I, I, he's, he's just kind of like has this moment of realization where he's like, there's two of my wife walking behind me down this road, and no one's saying anything. Everyone's just yeah. walking down there. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It is such a great shot. I love that moment. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even think about the effect of it, of having to shoot that multiple times. I think, uh, I talked about a lot how I watched an interview with Richard Ayoade, and he was talking about how, um, they had to shoot all those double scenes where uh, I almost called him Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> but Jesse, um, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor. Yes. For Jesse Eisenberg, he had an earpiece in and he's listening to the audio of his scene that he he's already oh, done. Okay. And he has to play off his own performance. Like, you know, uh, yeah, it is a really good effect. It, it's, it's special effects the way they got to do that. So, Yeah. You guys are totally right. It's one of the thing I don't even think about anymore of how difficult it is to pull off because you see it a lot. I feel like in movies now, and it, like yeah. Kill said, what, you used to see the line computers. Yeah, computers yeah, made we it don't so have easy that anymore. Yeah, I mean they've made it easier, but as we can, as we just talked about, I mean, it's still difficult. You still have to play off of it's it yourself. It's still time yeah. consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna move on to best massacre, and to me, it's it's a pretty easy like category there's only one i feel that has a real massacre it's gonna be twins of evil yes uh yes i think it's a good one too it's really good once you send joaquin out there to start fucking shit up and he gets in well, just like even all of the innocent women that who get are burned, burned immediately yeah it, that's that's part of it to me that's the massacre the similars does have a bit of a massacre too i mean five people died at the bus station alone plus he caused Ignacio caused the massacre massacre in Mexico City, (laughs) plus the entire world. Like, a lot of people are going fucking crazy. How many other people stabbed themselves in the face to death? You know, like, how many other people where other things are happening like that? So it could have been a world. I mean, thousands of people could have been murdered because of this. Yeah. I think I want to avoid giving that one best massacre because it then ties into a real life massacre. (laughs) 
like the connection to the two actual history makes me a little hesitant, you know. <laughs> I'll I'll give it to the similars then. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, the bus station mask is totally, but yeah. I'm I'm assuming we're we're on the same page for Twins of Evil. Oh yeah. I mean, uh Yeah. It's it's like all the women burned, do you know what I mean? It go, it gets comical honestly how many times it happens and like how uh gustav in that movie will just burn a woman out of spite you know what i mean being like you know i feel a little angry at the world today better burn a woman to (laughs) i got all this kindling i need a woman to put in the middle was anyone killed in the double or was it just the alarmingly high suicide rates yeah just the uh suicide rates yeah yeah how many people died in the half uh, that's a pretty good uh, one. That's got some a, a couple kills. I guess so. You got Homer yeah, Ganesh. Nobody died in the one I love. Uh, supposedly. Oh, we don't see Ethan stand up after he hits the wall, right? I mean, I think we assume he's still alive, but we don't ever actually see that. I would think he would still be alive. So who knows? I don't know. Yeah, because I think how would she just be stuck there by herself? Hey, that's for Ted Danson to figure sad. out, right? <laughs> Uh, okay, so we have yeah. our seasonal award, and we're going to be referring... Who was the best double? Who was able to portray two different characters supremely? And I I know I'm a little biased, it was my pick, but I think Jesse Eisenberg does such a fantastic job as both the meek and confident version of himself. I'm gonna go with Elizabeth Moss. Because I just didn't, the Jesse Eisenberg, we we had this conversation on that episode right. with the double, but I don't buy him as the confident dude. He just comes off as like, I, I don't know. I don't, I just don't buy him in that role. Definitely in the meek, the meek dude, um, but not in like the confident type dude's role. And again, had they tailored his suit a little bit, made his hair a little nicer, maybe, but. I, I don't know. He still just comes off as mousy, maybe like a rat. Mm. It's like a, a rat personified. <laughs> uh, and I am going to go a different direction to both of you and say Mark Duplass, I think, uh, because I, I really do like Elizabeth Moss's take on that. And I think she had maybe has the best scene playing off herself where she, they're talking in, in the kitchen. I think the I mentioned kitchen. that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think overall over the course of both movies, I think Mark Duplass, I think you really get a sense of the two sides of this guy and how similar they are, but there's just minute differences in the performance that, that he gives that makes one Ethan whiny and unlikable and the other Ethan still kind of annoying, but he has that confidence and is like funnier and you can easily see why, um, despite them looking exactly the same, pretty much, why Sophie like likes one over the other. You know, even though they're they're essentially yes. the same person. I think that I like, agree. His... He's my number two. Yeah. I had a hard time picking between um, Moss and Duplass for that one. And I think yeah, they both do such a fantastic job. I yeah. just I really loved Eisenberg as yeah. uh, James, the the bad one. I think he does. I, I like that performance. Yeah. I think it's it's not something that he usually does. It's a little bit more exaggerated. That's kind of like how he plays Lix Luther. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit. But um, so. 
a little bit. That movie just does not. I blocked out Batman versus Superman. Yeah, same here. Um, but I, I think he does. He does. I, I like parts of his performance as James, but overall, I, I agree with Kill that he doesn't nail it as much as he nails the meek. But I think Duplass gets really because he gets both versions really well, and I think he plays like the insecurity that Ethan feels like better than anyone else this month you know what i mean like that just kind of idea of like but this is but this is me right or this like this person's pretending to be me so you should love me too just like that indignation and that like you know that kind of like uh almost like jealousy jealousy that comes up with it like he's so good at playing that and then the lengths he yeah he's great i i think that was a really i could say powerhouse performance from duplass in both roles agreed well, that's it for Gemini June. We're going to close the book. And just yeah. as we close one, we open up another one. Greg, do you want to tell us the theme for next month and yeah. what movie we will be watching? Next month is a very exciting month because it marks an entire fucking year of the weekly podcast massacre. Uh, incredible, guys. Incredible. How time turning truly, one. truly flies by. Yeah, turning one. Um, and to celebrate turning one... We're looking at number twos in two lie, <laughs> two lie twenty twenty two. I like it. Yeah, we hadn't discussed I don't like it, that. but yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's to lie twenty twenty two. Two lie. I don't. I don't think I like it anymore either. I've said it too much already. <laughs> but you know, we're looking at, at number uh, part twos all next month to celebrate year number two of the Weekly Podcast Massacre, and so to kick it off. Um, I want to start with, again, something new, right? A whole new year, a new movie for me that I have not seen. I want to talk about Pet Cemetery 2. Uh, not exactly going back to the Stephen King well, but a sequel to a Stephen King movie that has nothing to do with Stephen King. Souring Edward I'm, Furlong. I'm ready. Yeah, from another I, famous number two. I've seen the original and the remake. I read the book. I um, love the book. But, I, I, yeah, the book was... I was... So disappointed in that remake. I thought they could have done a really mm. good job, and they just yeah. That remake it is that remake is yeah. complete dog shit. Yeah, that remake yeah. is not even funny. Yeah. Bad. It's just no. It's the same yeah. as the Carrie remake. Although the Carrie remake is a little funny when she's like doing her. I think the Carrie you know. remake is garbage, but it's a lot better than the Pet Cemetery remake. <laughs> like that's yeah. Pet Cemetery probably like you're probably one, right. Maybe a yeah. I'm not excited about the sequels month. I'm not excited. <laughs> I really think that, that the Gemini Dune was a great idea, and I loved all of the movies. Liked, I should say, I liked most of them and loved some of them. But I don't. I'm not looking forward. You're not to this. a sequel person. I'm not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This month will be torture for Kill. That's sadly not looking right. Not looking forward to it. <laughs> you might expand your horizons. Hopefully, you'll you you could find one that you do actually enjoy come around maybe maybe (laughs) it's like we'll put kill down as a maybe yeah Hmm. put it down as a maybe well thank you all for listening uh please remember to rate review subscribe anywhere you get this podcast you can contact us email weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com we have both twitter and instagram at weeklymassacre so please Hit us up, let us know if you've ever been stuck in a bus station during a rainstorm. Oh, I also did want to mention, I watched this during a rainstorm. So Ooh, it was, nice. It was, it was a nice Hell atmosphere yeah. Super for moody. It. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, let us know if you've uh, run into any evil children in a Twilight Zone type way. Watch it in if a storm with a bunch of people a... you don't trust. That would be the right. If you've ever experience. seen yeah, a, a good idea. dog wearing a Halloween mask to where <laughs> it's very creepy and scary, hit us up. Let us know. And that'll be it for this week. Okay, bye. I've bye. Everybody. I've been Murphy from Portland, but everyone calls me Michael. You'll never hear from me ever again. <laughs> oh, weird! I totally a second. He just kind of collapsed, and a second Murph just walked in and took his place. I think this is the real Murph. What's all this like pile of clothes doing in my chair? What, oh, I, hey guys, oh, what are happened? you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, hey, I'm glad to have the real one back. That other guy was kind of a fucking, kind of a buzzkill, honestly. Bye, Gerg. Bye, Mar. <laughs> Bye. 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 really upsetting and it's it's fun